0: what's up everybody Matt Kajewski here back again with the odd shopper channel and today we're talking a loaded college basketball slate on saturday february the 24th before we get started make sure to hit that thumbs up button subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell so you know when this and all other content goes live we're also brought to you by BetMGM. they have a limited time offer for those of you in legal states with the exception of new york nevada and puerto rico what you'll do is click the link in the video description below, make your first deposit of at least $5, turn that $5 around, place a wager on any team, total, market, whatever it is you want. You are automatically getting $150 in the form of bonus bets. That's $150 you didn't have on a deal that's not going to last forever. So make sure you take advantage of these. You can even place it on one of the large games today, perhaps. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. must be 21 or older to play in most areas. All right, coming off a 500 Friday night slate, really short, just mid-majors. We turn to a massive slate today. We're going to talk a few straight bets, and then we will talk a couple of the games from a higher level and look for some numbers that might pop later in the day. Not necessarily some bets, just some leans. But let's go to, I think, the biggest game on the slate. Houston takes on Baylor. This is a game where Houston hits the road. They've been pretty decent on the road this year. It's not one of these teams that has faltered completely away from home. They did beat Xavier, beat Texas, beat Cincinnati, have a ton of neutral games, a team like Houston, play on neutral sites quite a lot. Their losses have all occurred away from home. They were against very good competition, though, Iowa State, TCU, and Kansas. These teams are built a little bit differently. For Baylor, you basically have elite shooting and they struggle massively on defense. They're not fully healthy. Six-man Langston Love has been out, which has forced them to narrow their rotation. The starting five for Baylor is solid, but I still worry about this as you play good teams like Houston that are physical and deep and that are really going to challenge you in areas of the court like the glass. Baylor doesn't always play through their size that well. They're 21st in effective height. Most teams have advantages on Houston in the in the paint, where they're 337th, but Houston, with their physicality and their effort, there's really no other way to describe it. They can hang down there. They're 19th in total rebounding, which actually ranks ahead of Baylor. And then as far as interior scoring, they're the second best team in the country defending the interior. Baylor's 38th in scoring in that area. The one thing I am a little concerned with on this Houston side is Baylor can shoot the lights out. They're third in the country in three-point percentage. Now Baylor... They're going to face a good defense in this area too. Houston is 13th at defending the three, but still, this is a tough spot for for Houston on the road, without a doubt. Last thing, couple edges that also work Houston's direction. They force a million turnovers; they're fourth there. On the other side, Baylor is 164th at turnovers committed, so this is not always the cleanest offense on paper, which I think at least raises some concerns on the on the Baylor side. Ultimately. Wanted to talk this one because it's such a massive game on the card. I am worried about the road spot, but I do think Houston's the better team overall, even with Baylor shooting and Baylor being at a little less than 100%, just to sum it all up. All right, let's move forward. We're going to talk a couple of the games that I think have some value before we get to some of the other high-profile spots. Boston College takes on NC State. I like a road team here. I think this has just gone too far in favor of NC State. You can get Boston College plus five, and they have a lot of advantages against an NC State team, which I think is kind of built to lose this game, assuming that Boston College can travel. Quinton Post is the best player for this BC team, and what he gives them exploits exactly what this NC State team lacks, which I think is a real presence inside. I'm no DJ Burns fan, and this team, I think, has run pretty hot just looking at their interior defense. And then they also really struggled to defend the three. So I guess it kind of just poke holes in NC State because they do have a defensive advantage. It's 155 for BC to 89 for NC State. This NC State team does force a lot of turnovers. I think that's really what drives this metric. They're 75th. BC doesn't turn it over a lot. They're 64th. And I say the turnovers drive this because you look at some of the other places on defense, they're 243rd in three-point defense. That's NC State. Boston College is 41st in three-point percentage. That's a mismatch in favor of BC. On the interior, it's 91st for BC in scoring. NC State, 76 defending there. But I think the player personnel is just straight up better for BC inside with Quinton Post. They're also about 60 spots higher in effective height, 64 to be exact. BC is 64, and NC State is 128. So you do have height advantages inside, which are reflected in rebounding. It's a lot of micro edges for BC. team that also hasn't been hurt or hasn't been healthy all season. They just got back Prince. He at least plays a role for them. Whether it's off the bench, he previously started, I don't think it matters. And you just have massive shooting advantages. Last thing I'll say, effective field goal. BC is 53 NC State is 197. This team cannot shoot. So we didn't even talk about offense. I think it's pretty clear BC has advantages there. They're over 30 spots better in general efficiency. And then they're 150 spots better almost in effective field goal. So we'll take a road team with BC, Boston College in this spot. A little bit greasy, but got to start it off with some value. We turn to the SEC. Mississippi State takes on LSU. Been back at LSU a lot with Pretty good success. This is a team that's finally put together their roster. No one, I think, coming into the year expected LSU to go out, compete for the SEC or anything. But I think the general sentiment was this team has some interesting pieces. Jordan Wright comes in. He's played really well of late. They have two-time transfer Jalen Cook. He's activated midseason. Now he's questionable here, so I'm not sure if we'll see him. But Will Baker, the seven-foot senior, surprisingly giving them good minutes. Even like Trey Hannibal, who is having to run the point a lot without Jalen Cook, is playing well. And this is a, a senior on this roster, finally showing something. And on the other side, Mississippi State, this team has been up and down, I think, to put it kindly. They also did not have Tolu Smith to begin the year, so that should at least be mentioned. But I think a lot of the efficiency metrics do favor LSU. They're slightly better on offense. And on defense, they're kind of built to stop a team that plays through their interior with Tolu. You look at LSU, they're 7th in effective height. Mississippi State is 107th. Mississippi State, by far, the better team scoring inside, but LSU 76 defending that area. So you have 60th in two-point percentage. That's Mississippi State versus 76th defense in LSU. Three-point percentage, Mississippi State cannot shoot, so they are reliant on this interior. They're 270th in three-point percentage. That's where LSU is by far weaker on defense. They're 190th at defending the three. So you've got a team that can't shoot, facing a team that doesn't defend the three very well, but is excellent at defending the area where you're strong. Conversely, LSU can really shoot the ball. This team, 78th in effective field goal. Mississippi State is 145th. They have edges there. This team is 61st in three-point percentage. A lot of little micro edges just shooting the ball with these teams. And then on the I guess defensive side, turnovers forced, neither team is great at. Controlling the ball, both outside the top 250 in Turnover's committed, and they're both inside the top 106 in Turnover's force, but the margin favors LSU in this spot. So a lot of micro-edges. LSU's a home team. You know how I feel about that. It's already baked into the spread, but you like backing home teams when you can. Plus two and a half, more than fine. Let's move to the Big Ten. This is going to be a tricky one. We have Indiana taking on Penn State. So Penn State... They lose Kanye Clary, kick him off. I don't know what you want to call it. What I'll say is it's more or less addition by subtraction. This team has played really well without Kanye Clary, who, according to some, may have been a little bit of a nuisance in the locker room. But Indiana, a team largely in free fall this year, who we will fade in this spot, so we're on to another home team. It's been brutal for Indiana. This team just got run out of their own building twice in a row by Northwestern, Lost by four. That's a Northwestern team that didn't have Ty Berry. And then they just got absolutely demolished at home by Nebraska, who got their first home win of the year in that very game. So you got Indiana reeling. They haven't had Xavier Johnson. I don't know if he's going to return. I don't think it matters. They've had to bench their backup point guard, Gabe Cobbs. This team is no guard play whatsoever. Trey Galloway's actually had to run the point a fair amount, which is not how they want to play. They're really, really troublesome with fouls. You've basically had Malik Renault almost foul out of four straight games at this point. And Penn State's actually built to kind of hang with a team that plays through the front court like Indiana. Penn State's actually 78th in effective height, What they lack in name value they have in bodies. This team is actually pretty decent there. Rebounding stuff does favor Indiana, which makes sense. This team with Renault and Ware and Imbacco, they're going to have to defend those four players without a doubt. But the guard play just vastly in favor of Penn State. You have a team on the other side that defends the three at 231. Penn State getting really good play out of their guards. And they shoot a ton of threes. They're almost near the top 100 in three-point percentage. They're also the team that is way more secure with the ball. 68th in turnovers committed. 18th at turnovers forced. Indiana is 164th turnovers committed. Indiana, again, is in foul trouble far more often than Penn State. And now you have Penn State at home playing some of the best basketball of the year without Kanye Clary. So we'll keep this one simple. We'll back the team that seems to be surging versus a team that has been reeling in conference play. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, I wanted to talk a couple of the big games. They're both ACC contests before we head out of here. Duke takes on Wake Forest. I famously bet Wake Forest in this game previously which did not go according to plan. I bet Wake Forest a couple times, and it's been a little brutal. But Duke has already won this game. They did so on their home floor, 77 to 69. This is always going to be a dangerous opponent when you face Wake, who shoots the lights out. This team actually really close to Duke, an effective field goal. Duke has an edge, 25 to 35, but that should tell you a lot about Wake. This team can really shoot it. Three-point percentage, Duke is 14th, Wake is 23rd. Getting Demari Monsanto's back was huge for this team. These teams are both tall. Duke is 10th in effective height. Wake Forest is 9th on the interior. Duke 45th. Wake Forest 60th. Already mentioned three. Even the defensive stuff, total defensive efficiency Duke 32, Wake Forest 29. Diving into that previous game a little bit and one that I think could be an edge is just Philip Kowski versus Afton Reed. And Afton Reed absolutely, he played amazing when he was on the floor. The problem was he fouled out in 15 minutes, but he was having his way with Philip Kowski at four offensive rebounds, which is absolutely insane against Philip Kowski, a seven footer and should be better inside. But what it comes down to, I think is depth. If Efton reads off the floor, I don't see how Wake Forest is keeping this close. You'll be able to run inside with Mitchell who's six, nine Philip Kowski, seven feet tall. You have big guards, Caleb Foster, six, five, like, Proctor now coming off the bench is 6-5. And they've gotten awesome minutes out of Jared McCain, who's honestly become one of the better rebounding guards in the country, which is crazy enough. Didn't see that coming. But a lot of these micro wedges headed Duke's direction. Only problem is they're on the road here. So I think Duke is the play. If you can stomach a plus two, the other approach you might want to take is just waiting on this. See where it is close to tip because it's been bouncing a little bit. There's a chance you can find a better number. And you probably already can right now. Speaking to that, check out Odd Shopper. They take all of this legwork for you and make it as easy as possible. You can sort by state. You can sort by books. If you only use two, you can filter for that stuff and find the best sign for stuff that's applicable to you. We have tools, a market-based approach, which uses all of our data and finds the best plus EV betting spots across sports, not just college basketball, hoops, hockey, whatever it is you play, we have it. And we've consolidated everything into one package. It includes our Discord where experts are in there giving all their analysis for the plays they're taking and why, and you can ask questions. It's all available, $14.95 for a week, $49.95 for a month, no long-term commitments. It's extremely useful. I use it, and I think you'll find it useful as well. Anyway, I have plus two on my screen. I'm gonna wait a little bit on this one, but I plan on having a Duke ticket at the end of the day. We'll see what the number ends up being for me. Similar situation. We have North Carolina taken on Virginia. I want to back North Carolina, but it's another one. I'm just waiting to see where the number goes. I plan to have a North Carolina position at the end of the day. I've been selling Virginia a lot this year. As you can tell, that started off going pretty well, and it has gone a little bit worse of late. North Carolina, they suffered the loss against Syracuse, the surprising loss, but they come back, destroy Virginia Tech. Virginia has just been on a streak lately. I know they've lost two of their last three, but prior to that, this team had a seven-game winning streak. So it's been pretty good for Virginia. Their last showing was an absolute disaster. Basically, run out of Virginia Tech, they lose 75-41. to But that is what I want to speak to. Yes, they return home here, but Virginia has problems scoring the ball. You can see it on the screen. There's a massive, massive difference in offensive efficiency for these two teams. Virginia is 154th in offensive efficiency. And the biggest problem here is their front court is a disaster. They continue to rotate bodies in this area, whether it's Minor, Buchanan, Jake Groves. You're going to face Armando Baycott and Harrison Ingram on the inside. What are your answers for these two players? And I don't really know if they're going to have answers. Those are two of the best bigs in the country, and you have to contend with them. Yes, on your own floor, but man, no longer are the days where Baycott is fouling out this North Carolina team is cooked Ingram more than capable down there. And you're some of the best guards in the country, North Carolina, 88th and three point percentage, RJ Davis, Cormac Ryan, they're back healthy with Seth tremble. Who's their best defender. I think just on a per possession basis. And what does Virginia do? Well, they shoot threes, but they don't shoot a lot of them. That's where North Carolina excels on defense. They're 21st at defending the perimeter rebounding. This is adjusted for pace. You have Virginia at 236. You have North Carolina at 16. All the height stuff favors North Carolina. And again, that depth is extremely important here. Last thing, Virginia on defense, they come up at number six overall because they force the 32nd most turnovers in the country. You know it's excellent point guard play? North Carolina, who's 28th in turnovers committed. So massive advantages. Tar Heels' direction. We're going to back them. Just going to wait for the best number possible. All right, we're doing six games today. I'm going to tweet on anything else. that pops out so take a look for that just to run through a couple I'm interested in the under and USC UCLA interested in BYU want to see the status of Spencer I know he had a child I believe and may not play in this game Washington State Arizona State it's fishy Washington State's on the road but man five points against Arizona State wanted to see what happened there I took UMass Lowell against Albany minus eight Seton Hall against Butler two and a half Radford, plus one against Longwood. South Dakota, two and a half against Oral Roberts. Stetson, minus two against Kennesaw. UMass, minus three and a half against Bonaventure. South Alabama, plus nine against Arkansas State. Eastern Illinois, plus two against Tennessee Tech. Drake, minus two and a half against Northern Iowa. Taking an under in Cal State Northridge. Cal State Fullerton at 147. And Oklahoma, plus one and a half Oklahoma State. Reach out on Twitter if you'd like anything. DMs are open at Matt underscore Otherwise, good luck. We'll see you guys on Monday. Have a good one.